Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Oh, yo, 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 part two. What's up, guys? Hey, Mr. Doing Too Much right here, folks. Uh, So this is going to be a solo recap of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And then directly right after that, we're going to go into a Real Housewives of New York recap from this past week with my friend Sasha Morfa. You might know her better off as at the Bravo Breakdown on Instagram. She does an amazing, amazing breakdown, usually 13 to 16 minutes each week. This week she does um, Beverly Hills, and it's just amazing. I've interviewed her on the main show and I just love her so much. We have, I'm not, I'm not a confident man, but I will tell you, we have one of the best conversations about this week's episode that I think you're going to ever hear in your life. Take that to the bank. But you know what, what I'm going to do right now for you guys, I'm going to do a solo recap of this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Remember, part one had uh, so many amazing interviews. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. This will be a little shorter than that one. But I'm trying to give you guys a lot of value for 
uh, what's for free. Okay, so Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Last week, remember, we ended with Camille and Teddy, you know, fighting and doing their little thing where Camille apologized and Teddy just didn't need it. Teddy just did not need it. Um, we open up with Sutton telling Kris Jenner that they had met in line at the Met Gala and Kris Jenner goes, of course we did. Of course we did. So funny. It is so funny. Kris Jenner must just pinch herself, not with the Kanye thing, but she has got to pinch herself in general to be where she's at. She knows how lucky she is, and everybody just kisses her ass. I love that Kathy Hilton brought her with her. It was just amazing. So we see that little scene, then we're back to Teddy and Camille. Um, and, and you know, Teddy's like, you know, just wave and keep it moving. I don't need the compliment, which is, I'm not imagining Teddy gets tons of compliments, so it's just fascinating to turn down any compliments if you're Teddy. Uh, in a talking head, Camille says, Teddy is a rude little bitch. Now, I got to say, Camille's bringing it once again. Rude little bitch. Amazing. Uh, So Camille's trying to apologize, and Teddy just isn't having it. Um, Camille says, well, you know, time will heal, hopefully, and we'll just hopefully, you know, time will heal. Uh, Denise says, uh, well, I'm a little more forgiving than uh, Miss Teddy over here, so I forgive you. Um, Garcelle, uh, remember, just a reminder that Garcelle has a lot of acting projects, and we're reminded about this nonstop every time Garcelle comes on screen. Um... Uh, so we're back to Denise and Teddy again in a talking head. Um, we, we see that you don't have a problem with Denise. Teddy has a problem with Aaron. So, you know, Teddy has no problem with Denise. It's just the problem is with Denise's husband, Aaron. Um, Brandy. Now we are, we're seeing Brandy, uh, Brandy hugs Kim, uh, it's, she says, it's Hurricane Kim. Brandy has imbibed a little bit too much, as Brand, Brandy is wont to do. She has taken a little bit too much of the alcoholic beverages that were, I'm presuming, for free. And that's where you get into trouble with these parties, is that free alcohol and brandy just never mix. Um, Camille talks to Kyle. Um, she says, you know, this first time was a little bit hard, but she's going to get past it. Kyle seems less tanked than I feel she would be at her own party. Like, Kyle seems still pretty with it uh, at the end of the night, which hats off to Kyle, you know, it's splits off to Kyle. And God bless. I know we saw Kyle dance a lot, but we didn't see her do the splits, and I appreciate that. Um, uh, oh, there was a great little tiny shot of Mauricio dancing behind Corey Gamble, which is Chris Jenner's boyfriend. And I got just Mauricio is just fun. I just fun. Uh, we have all the past members dancing on the dance floor. Everybody's having a good time. It just seems like a really fun time. Aaron and Denise are together. We see Garcelle, women supporting women. This is important. And then Kyle introduces. One of the biggest bands ever in the history of bands. That right, folks. Say it with me. Wilson Phillips. Hold on for one more day. If you hold... God, I'm such a good singer. I really feel like I've missed calling in my life with not being a singer for money. Um, <laughs> so uh, Kyle explains to us how these functions work, is that you need a fun and exciting uh, thing to get people to spend money. In, and Kyle somehow thinks that's Wilson Phillips because she's friends with Carney Wilson. Remember, Carney Wilson actually was on the show for an episode one at one point. Uh, Sutton, God bless Sutton. Sutton goes, what is happening in my life right now? Sutton loves Wilson Phillips. They sing their hit, Hold On. Um, and classic Dorito, because I wonder where, I wonder, <laughs> what is my Dorito accent this week? I wonder where, no, Dorito is um, a surprise concert 
I wonder where she got that idea. And we do a flashback of when uh, she announced Culture Club at one of her parties. And I loved her. I'm really going to love Dorit more and more. But Dorit, you did not invent. You did not invent special guests at parties. You just didn't. You did not invent it. Please stop. I love, like, Dorit is so, there's just an insecurity there, and she's just, sometimes she bats above her level, you know? Like, she's just, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's cute. It's laughable, but it's cute. Brandy is literally pouring straight vodka shots, you guys. Adrian is with her dude, and Brandy is, like, stinking drunk. She brings up the surrogacy issue that, remember when she had with Adrian back in the earlier seasons? And she kind of apologizes, and then... Brandy is also just looking rough in her talking heads. And um, she says, you know, for for her to forgive me, for Adrian to forgive me, it's something that she really needs. And it was just so weird. She's like, I love you. I love you, Adrian. And it's like, Brandy is so weird sometimes. It's like, she wants, just it's just a lot. Then we have a Denise talking head. And this is very offensive. This is the part that I just don't believe is Denise asks what a thruple is because Brandy said she wanted to have a, be a thruple with her and Aaron. And a producer explains what a thruple is. And I swear to God, Denise is like, we know Denise knows what a thruple is, but in Denise's mind, you just see that inner monologue is like, bitch, I invented thruples. Um, I love when <laughs> drink every time Aaron says, right. So, you know, Brandy's talking to Aaron and Denise drunkenly and uh, Aaron's like, she's like, oh, I want to go home with you. And he's like, Right. Right. He's just so, ah, he's just so fascinating. I hope they study Aaron one day. Uh, Kyle says, it's no secret Brandy loves to party, but she took it, she was like a hot mess to another level. She's falling around on the, the dance floor. That's the end of that night. We cut to next day. Garcelle's mansion is coming together. Michael, her dude from the party that we met, is at her house. Woohoo! Girlfriend, got some. Um, also, where is Garcelle's house? It looks like it's by like a freeway on ramp. It looks like it's in the middle of the no, middle of nowhere. I really don't know where this house is, and I feel like I've, I've spent too much time time in this house um now we we jagger and dorit uh they're they're working on dorit's closet i believe and and jagger and dorit, i gotta see jagger is a really cute kid dorit's kids are very very cute uh lisa is getting ready for a shoe dazzle party uh she is getting glammed up uh she's like Lisa says, I think I was born a drag queen, which would actually just explain so much about Lisa's personality and her makeup choices. Um, so Erica's function is a shoe dazzle party. Shoe dazzle, of course, the the brand that Brittany Cartwright, Jax's um, uh, wife, actually had a deal with them. So they work with all the greats. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, Erica goes, once you get some, you know, once you get success, there's always more that you want more, you want more. Uh, so we see her getting ready with Mikey. Um, and, and Erica does this weird thing where she does this timeline. She's like, you know, there were shakers, then married to Tom, then Erica Jane, then a shoe line. And now Broadway, there are no limits. Do you realize she said five wildly different things that don't even really fit back to back to back. So it's, it was one of the most bizarre step ups that I've ever seen of like, how those don't add up to the the final thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so all the girls are fully dressed for the shoe dazzle party, except for Denise Richards. Denise Richards is committed to being a suburban soccer mom. She's in the shoes. She's in the like chunky boots. 
Ugh, I hate chunky boots. I just, I hate saying chunky boots. I like chunky boots. I hate saying chunky boots. It's just not, a, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Chunky boots, chunky boots. Um, so, uh, Denise Richards always looks like she's also like, like she's getting over like a, fl- like a cold, like, you know, like it's like that first day back from getting over a cold. She just doesn't fully look ever super present. Um, they bring out a big shoe cake for Erica. Uh, the party doesn't look insanely packed. None of these parties usually on Housewives shows look packed. Erica gives a speech. Thank you for letting me be me. Shoe dazzle. Um, Kyle kicks up her leg in the group pick. God, Kyle, come on. Rinna does the classic Housewives announcement that she's like, I put together a little trip for you ladies because Erica's going to be off in Broadway. So why don't we go to a little place called Rome, Italy? And all the girls are like, yay. It's like when they do that on The Bachelorette where they're like, we're taking you ladies to Cabo. Um, and then Rena goes, I haven't been there since I was 19. Uh, Dorit is speaking in full Italian at this point in her talking head. Remember, Dorit uh, had a ex-lover, Antonio, Antonio, Antonio in Italy. And Dor- like Dorit, the, the lives that Dorit has lived, uh, it's just so impressive. I, I just need to know more about Dorit's time in Italy. Um, there are group scenes, the group scenes. The group scenes, have you noticed in Real House of the Beverly Hills? They're doing great this time, this year, but there's a lot of these group scenes at parties that feel forced. The chemistry when they're as one whole group does not work. It feels very forced. I don't know if you guys know what I'm saying. It's a very subtle, <laughs> I'm giving a very subtle note, but it just seems very put upon. These people are good in like kind of two and three person scenarios. When you put them all together as a group, for some reason with this group, it just feels very forced. They keep making Pope jokes. Like, are the Popes going to have us, uh, you know, like we have dirty humor. I, I didn't get all the Pope talk. Denise and Erica talk. Um, and Denise pretty much tells Erica Jane, Hey, just because I'm open doesn't mean I can't have a problem with you saying threesomes around my kids. And this I'm with Denise on fully like Denise at any point as a parent can decide what flies for her and her kids. And the fact that Erica really has a problem with it just boggles me. And when you get Erica in a one-on-one conversation, Erica usually just loses all personality and she's just kind of like a big drip, you know? Uh, and Erica goes, Hey, you know, I actually have a problem with Aaron and Denise goes, we can talk about that later. And Erica's like, well, no, we can talk about it now. And it's just a really kind of, she said, Denise is like, I want to have this conversation with you because I don't want to have an awkward trip to Italy. She's like, I like you and I respect you. And Erica's like, okay, thank you. And then they're like, no, thank you. It's very business. It's very weird. Uh, Dorit is bragging about her Duolingo, uh, the fact that she can speak Italian. Uh, Rinna says, I know Italian words, pizza and pasta. It's like, no, you don't, Rinna. You eat almonds, like one almond a day. And and Dorit goes, oh, I know, scarpa, shoes, le scarpe. Is there a pay less, Dorit? Ah, poor Dorit. Somebody actually told me there was a, um, uh, a gossip column where they said, they were behind Dorit at a shoe store and her credit cards kept declining and she had to put it on six credit cards, which is just so sad if that is the, the case. Of course, that is allegedly. Um, so now we're at a place called Gray Tavern. Garcelle is meeting Sutton. They both dress in red. It is very intense. A beautiful scene. I love Garcelle and Sutton. 
I really do. Actually, the Bravo breakdown, um, Sasha, that you t- you're going to hear later, has a very interesting opinion about this and about what they talked about. Garcelle talking about uh, Sutton bragging about doing her hair a certain way, like African American women. So I thought that was an interesting point. So listen to the this right after this uh, the, this breakdown. Um, Garcelle was not at the Shoe Dazzle event, and Sutton says, "We missed you." You're never around. And she's like, I'm never around enough. My work schedule keeps me from having a social life. It's hard for me to connect with these ladies because of my work schedule. Uh, well, you you work, you know. Uh, and Garcelle goes, I know it's not right to talk about money, but how did you make your money to Sutton? And I love that. And Garcelle says, sometimes I rub people the wrong way because I'm so blunt, but it's the only way to actually meet people. And Sutton lets us know that her husband did really well and that she was with her husband since she was 13 years old. And then Garcelle has to, of course, like, did he, uh, did he knock that boots? Did he, did he take that virginity? Did he take that V card? Nah, she just said virginity, but it would be great if she said V-card. And then Sutton goes, why you want to go there? Why you want to go there? Are you kidding? Why you want to go there? So it was obvious she took her virginity. Um, Rena, we're back at Rena's house, and they have a dog named Lady, and they're wiping Lady's butt with Amelia, which makes sense. Um, Alexia, 23, Kyle's daughter, is there. Now, Alexia works for the agency, the the uh, of course, the realty, realtor place that her dad runs. Amelia is looking for a place, but she wants a safe, safe place. You know what's so crazy? How Alexia's voice sounds exactly like Kyle with a touch of helium. But I was just blown away how much that's Kyle's voice. It really, I know you're like, well, that's your daughter, but it was just really mind-blowing. Um... She works for the agency, came to try, uh, she, she, anyways, this is Amelia's subtle, this is what she's like, this is, this is what I want. Area, West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, I get major anxiety, I can't even sleep if the house doesn't have a doorman, I love pretty kitchen islands, I love marbles, I love pretty big, big, big fridges, big windows, my mood is changed based on those, uh, the sights out of the window, I love closet space, it's very important, two bedrooms, I need a modern contemporary gym, it can't be on the ground floor, I want pool, but with those kind of pools with like bandana, like the, you know, uh, cabanas and bungalows, um, I gotta say it, Amelia comes off as an asshole, I'll just say it, an asshole, and even Rena goes, I created some monsters, which is always just a great talking head moment. It's like Rena says she'll throw in one grand a month for this this place, and Amelia has to pay for the rest. Um, it's fascinating. And now we're on to a packing scene, a, a packing trio of scenes where Sutton and her assistant Jordan, uh, it's so funny how girls pack and think because Sutton's like, we're going to go to Italy. We might be on the Spanish steps. And uh, there's got like, a lot of great cafes out there with shopping, of course. It's just, it, I, I don't know. It's like how much, I do want to know how much money Sutton has because she seems like she really does have the best clothes. And at a certain point, like, doesn't that clothes money run out? Uh, then Erica Jane and her assistant Leah, they, they're packing. Um, and her closet is an explosion of excess. Uh, she's putting her Roxy Hart wig on her dog and it's making her laugh. She's like, everybody wants to be Roxy Hart. Um, Erica Jane is cracking up. Now we're at Kyle's and Boring Teddy walks in. Uh, they're planning, also, Kyle is planning Teddy's baby shower, um, and uh, Teddy's like, ah, nothing makes me feel better than not inviting someone, which is classic. Um, she also says she doesn't like watching gifts be opened. Um, the damn dog, you guys, Kyle's dog, I've talked about this many times in the podcast, 
Kyle's dog watches her like a hawk, whether it be her putting makeup on, but her dog watching the scene is just in the background watching Kyle. I swear to you, that dog is, is there's something, I don't know why she keep, they keep focusing on this dog. I feel like it's going to like, in the final scene of the final episode, this dog is going to save somebody's life or something. It just, it just seems, it's just bizarre to me. Um, Kim comes in because she's dropping off some dresses. We've gotten three back-to-back episodes with Kim, I think, and she's taking Brandy to her dinner for her birthday. Kim is all breathless. She's like, Brandy's Brandy's in the car. And Kyle's like, why is she in the car? Tell her to come in. This is potentially a very fake scene, pickup scene, rumor has it. And they're all like kind of acting a little, they're acting pretty good in terms of believability, but there is something just a hair off. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. There's something a hair off. Uh, But basically, uh, Brandy comes in. Oh, also Kim goes, uh, hey, I got my results on my my breast results. Honk, honk. Um, They do a flashback to those breasts um, that I hopefully, hopefully, hopefully she got for free. Um, uh, Garcelle uh, texted also them if who's going to bring glam to Rome. Teddy is the cheapest person ever, so we know Teddy's not going to bring glam. So Brandy finally comes up out of the car. I do want to point out the car, the inside of the car was lit. So also she was already mic'd. So this had to have been very planned. Who knows if it was after the fact or the not, but it, the, scene reeks, the scene reeks of something false. Um, they also say, so, so this actually starts where... <sighs> Where, where Brandy reveals that Denise is not the person that everybody thinks she is and that she is a shit talker, but they're saying that Denise is a shit talker while they're shot, shit talking Denise. Like everybody's a shit talker. Um, Brandy says, we're friends. Honestly, I don't know what we are, but you have to be careful with her because she is not who she pretends to be. Um, she goes, well, she, Teddy, she thinks you're living under your dad's shadow. She hates you. Brandy is spilling tea all over the place. Teddy's like, I gave her the opportunity to tell me that. Uh, she thinks Erica's a cold hearted bitch. LOL. True. By the way, Denise is dead on. These girls can't understand that they suck and it scares them to death that somebody points it out. Like Denise Richards, everything she supposedly told Brandy is true. You you can't argue that it's not true. Um, then Kyle's like, wait a sec, and then she orders wine and water in Spanish to some like I guess she has like staff now. Um, Kim, by the way, in this scene, she has her hair pulled tight in a ponytail, just so tight it looks like a older version of JoJo Siwa that's been through a war. Um, Brandy goes, you know, cheating. It just broke up my marriage and it broke me as a person. And this is when we get the Denise story. The first time they hung up, they ended up making out in the bathroom. Then later, Denise Richards invited her to the set. And instead of paying for a room, invited her to stay in her room. And then she goes, we hooked up. And and, and Teddy, of course, because nobody touches Teddy, was like, we hooked up. What does that mean? What does that mean, hooked up? Does that mean kiss? And it's like, no, we ate each other's vaginas. That's what I think. She I mean, she didn't say that, but I think that's what she meant. Like, I think there was fingers and there were tongues. By the way, I'm so sorry if there's mothers listening. I buy one of my friends that listens, her mother listens. And then I said, I said something where I wanted all my listeners to get dick. Like, you know, like, and uh, I felt really bad about that. I've, I feel, I do feel bad when parents are listening with their kids, you know. Um, so anyway, sorry if that, but yeah, I think they're touching and licking each other's vagina parts, you know, so. I mean, we can grow up. We can, we're all grown ups. We can admit when touching and licking vagina, it just happens. And I'm not, I'm sex positive. I'm sex negative for myself, but I'm sex positive for everybody else, you know? Um, so this is a fascinating story. Um, so the thing is though, 
She thought they were, she was in an open relationship with Aaron. That's what Brandy thought. And then afterwards, after the sucking and the fucking, um, then she finds out from Denise, she's like, do not tell Aaron. Aaron would kill me. And that kills Brandy. Because now Brandy realizes she's exactly in that spot that her husband did to her. She is a homewrecker, potentially. Homewrecker. And also, I love in the scene, Brandy goes, well, I'm a bisexual. Everybody knows that. And Teddy goes, I didn't, I, I didn't know that. Is, did it, I didn't, is, did, are we supposed to know that? It should be on your driver's license, I think, bisexual. So, you know, like just, it would just cut down a lot of the questions. Um, so then, I guess, at that, that Kyle's party, she saw me. And so they started, Denise started texting her again. Because they say that Denise got nervous that she was hanging out with Kim and that Denise is obviously nervous. So she's trying to ingratiate herself with Brandy again. So uh, so Denise called uh, Brandy and bitched about all the girls to make them feel like they were friends. So Brandy wouldn't spill any of this dirt about the licking of the vaginas. And uh, Denise tells Brandy, supposedly, I would never tell your secrets. And it's it's. It's crazy. It's it, 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 it's just very, very interesting. I don't know. Um, and then Kyle goes, well, Brandy can be mean and a bitch, but I don't believe she's a liar. Which, by the way, I that's not true. Brandy has been called a liar many times on this show. Like, that's kind of her thing at times. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just very interesting about that so that was this week's episode next week's episode they go to italy so we get to see that and at the end of it they show all these girls going in the cars and denise is with garcelle and they aren't with denise so then so in the car ride over teddy gets to tell rinna what happened and rinna loves it rinna's like immediately like ah they like each other's vaginas don't they like rinna loves it rinna's like oh i'm on it i'm on it um, I love how I made Rinna sound like, Arr! so next week they're in Rome and they all like, they show a little scene of them attacking Denise at dinner of like, you had sex with Brandy. And you could just tell Denise is like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you really going to ruin my marriage? Like, I thought I was on a cheesy reality show and you're going to do this. Okay. So this week's episode, I'm so excited. It's tomorrow night. I can't wait to see what happens. Um, so that is that, but we are going to go directly into now a recap of Real Housewives of New York this week of Ramona Singer's birthday party with 50 winner, 50 women, uh, with my friend Sasha Morfau, Morfau from the Bravo Breakdown. So enjoy that, you guys, and I hope you're enjoying these recaps. Bye! You guys, I got so many amazing, um, uh, notes, uh, I mean, I guess feedback about this next guest. She was just on like three weeks ago, and I had to have her back immediately. You guys guys know her uh, as doing one of the best things I've seen on IG, IG Live, uh, called the, the Bravo Breakdown. It, like I said uh, a couple weeks ago, and a lot of you guys agreed, this is already packaged like an actual show. Like, all Bravo would literally have to do is just hire her. And I, I think that's actually where this is all headed. So, uh, Sasha, Morf- I, I always say Morfa, Morfa, right? Like okay. saw, like a chainsaw. I don't know what it, you know, I have this like weird Kansas twang sometimes and I get nervous when I get on the last part of the name. I do that with my friend, uh, La- Lara Marie Shane Halls. It's Laura. It's like, I, I, I just get nervous sometimes with names. No, it's fine. You know, it's funny because it's a strange combination of letters. Most people are thrown off by it because it's, it, my, 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 I'm from Cameroon. So it's a, 
it's not American, so yeah. it's not a com- combination of letters. But yeah, no well, problem. Well, God bless you for letting let you know being nice about it. I would be like, how dare you not know how to say Bailey? How dare you? Um, this is so exciting because you're on here today to recap Real Housewives of uh, of uh, Beverly Hills. No, no, no. Real yes, yes. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Right, right. New okay, York. New York. Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. I, I'm staying with my parents right now, and it's just been a lot. Um, I reached out to her and I said, whichever one you don't do on your Bravo breakdown, can I have you on for the other one? And she was gracious enough. But before you listen to this interview, I implore you guys, if you haven't already, go follow her on IG. Go watch these things. It is bite-sized. You can finish them in one sitting. Uh, And I'm telling you, it is so well-produced. You guys know what I'm talking about. It is just, I don't know, I can't say enough things about it, but something else is exciting is you are on Patreon now. And what is... What is that all about? What are you doing? Oh my gosh. And thank you so much for your enthusiasm. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I was I always get these DMs from people first asking me like how can they support and people have been just like sending me random Venmos just 30 bucks here, 50 bucks here, $5. Wait, what? Here, just... What the hell? Hey, people send me some random Venmo. What the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, my followers are like the best. I was like, okay. So first they were asking that, and then they kept asking, you know, I was doing a poll like, should I do Roni? Should I do Beverly Hills? And I yeah. really wanted to do a breakdown for Beverly Hills this week because of you know the whole Brandy and Denise. But all of my followers were like, no, do Ron- do Roni. So I was like, you know what? Let me just create a Patreon. That way, people that want to support me can support me. And then if I put uh, Beverly Hills on my page, then I can do Roni and make that exclusively available on my Patreon. So you kind of get the best of both. That worlds. is way smarter than my business plan. I just put out five hour podcasts and go here. This is take all of this. And then I, then I have a Patreon and I'm like, and if you need any more, like I can't imagine you need more of me, but if you do, um, but that's amazing because the other thing that's cool about that is like, I think sometimes people get the wrong idea or like podcasters will be like, I, when I first started, it was like, well, they're already going to hear Danny talk about New York or they're already going to hear. And what I found was that podcasters want to hear all of us talk about the same right. episode. Like right. I talked to one of my friends, Lindsay, and she was like, yeah, I listened to five podcast episodes about the same Roni episode and mm-hmm. I loved every minute of it. It's interesting, yeah, to see what you pick up because your life experience is sort of like guide the way that you watch something. Like I'll watch something completely different than you'll watch something. Yes. So it, I you know, I, I watch, I listen to several podcasts talking about the same episode as well. So, well, and Sasha it. comes from an acting background, and what she just said, you know, is very accurate. You know, it's like we, it's how we interpret the line, it's how we interpret the material. You know, I really do think of these things sometimes as high art. So, it's really fascinating to get somebody's like, oh my gosh, you put that piece with this piece, and like, you know, um, uh, before we get into Roni, then, and by the way. You can go listen to her that I'm assuming solo talk Roni uh, on her Patreon, right? Yes, that's going to be out this Wednesday. And my Beverly Hills one just dropped today, which the one that I dropped today is probably one of the ones that really sits closest to home for me because I, I address. Because you're in, lo- you're in love with Brandy Glanville? <laughs> <laughs> I am team Denise, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I touch on the conversation between Sutton and Garcelle about the hot comb and just, Oh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, and what, what was I just what? sort of just explained the gravity of that comment that for her to say that she has a hot kitchen and that she owns a hot comb and just the history of why the hot comb was designed 
how black people have, have had the history of having to suffer pain and burns and slaves had to straighten their hair with chemical lye. They had to use hot butter knives to straighten their hair. And they just passed laws that allowed black women to not be discriminated against because of their hair. So for her to kind of throw it around and say, oh, my kitchen is hot when like, no, this is pain you're talking about. This is sacrifice that my ancestors sacrificed so that I can show up in the world today looking exactly like how I look, just as how I am. And just, you know, I kind of mentioned about how I was kind of disappointed in Garcelle for kind of letting yeah, that's that. What I was going to say. Why do you think Garcelle let that slide? Because Garcelle I, actually complimented her and said, uh, good props, props to Sutton, props to Sutton. I, I think it's a combination of uh, maybe ignorance. I don't know. But and then also just maybe fear of not wanting to kind of go there on camera on the spot like that. She probably just didn't want to rock the boat because she probably knew that Sutton's intentions weren't to be offensive. But it's, it was a really loaded comment. And for her to justify it by saying, oh, I'm from the South. That's why I know this lingo. No, you know this lingo because you're from the South because you've been around black people, not because black people are your friends. Black people work for you and your ancestors owned black people. That's where you've heard the word, your kitchen is hot. Because why else would you know that lingo? Your hair, if you were to put a hot comb to Sutton's hair, it would fry to pieces. Yeah. And there's such an interesting conversation. I mean, there's already been this interesting conversation about appropriating black culture already. Mm -hmm. And then it's interesting when you're appropriating something with great pain, such Mm -hmm. resonance, uh, you know, such, you know, it's a fascinating thing. How... I mean, we talked a couple of weeks ago about this, just about everything that's happening in the world right now. Is it, because uh, that scene was, I believe, the first first two scenes of the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, in terms of these shows taking us out of ourselves, taking us, uh, you know, potentially escapist shows, does it uh, immediately ruin the episode for you? No. Because every show has that those moments. I mean, if, if, if I let it ruin things for me, I would never watch an episode of Roni, you know, because with Ramona, the stuff that she does, every other line. <laughs> well, I well, try to see, take it with a grain of salt. See, how does she get, like, I mean, it's fascinating, and we'll get into this, the, the Ramona of it all, of like how um, Ramona's been able to to live and breathe for this long without, I mean, we, we have this kind of magical suspension of like disbelief for Ramona where it's okay for Ramona to do these insane things to her friends and to the men and to the, everybody around her. And for some reason it's just so entertaining. And then you almost feel bad that you're letting it slide because I don't let it slide. Like with Dorinda, I'm like, how dare you Dorinda when she goes off the, off the hook, you know? You know, I think the difference between Ramona and someone like Dorinda is that Ramona has this sort of childlike quality about her. And it's sort of, uh, I don't want to say innocence, but like this complete detachment from self-awareness. Whereas I feel like Dorinda is a little bit more intentional with her sort of nasty dagger words that she... Well, it just comes from alcohol, too. Like, I mean, alcohol, just that saber comes out, you know? Exactly, exactly. So, and then, you you know, Ramona, she references a lot about her childhood and how she was in a, you know, a chaotic environment. So, I, I, you know, I take that into account as well. Like, she maybe doesn't have a lot of coping skills. She doesn't have a lot of, you know, examples of how to behave in an environment with other adults because the adults that she 
was raised yeah. by were raging violent alcoholics. So, you know, I think it's I think it's a combination. I feel a little bit more empathy for someone like Ramona than I do for Dorinda. Well, it's fascinating when you go into that kind of deep thing of like check, like taking into account somebody's childhood. You know, mm-hmm. is that you end up making ex- not ex- well, kind of excuses for these characters because but it, it you know, sometimes we don't give ourselves that grace in our own lives or in each other's lives. The real people that we know, like I'm yeah. not like if if one of my friends is a dickhead to me, I'm not like, well, that's because when he was a child, you know, I'm like, I'm pissed. But then these reality show people, I mean, everybody except for Jax, I do not let him slide okay. at all. Screw that guy. But um, it is fascinating how we really will go into the minutia of, you know, of like, oh, Brandy, well, you got to realize she was cheated on and she was this. And, and you know, like you, you think of these things and it, it, I love where our minds go with these things because you're dead on right. We got to even meet Ramona's sister this episode, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I was – I mean, have we seen her a lot? I don't remember. So I, didn't, I didn't recall, but one of my followers pointed out that there was an episode maybe a couple of seasons ago when they were in the Hamptons and she came to the Hamptons. And uh, they said that she's a mini Ramona. She's exactly like Ramona. Oh, I mean, yeah, I – yeah i mean we saw it in this episode i mean which was just have you uh how many female friends do you have sasha god i'd be lucky if i have five (laughs) i mean i i love the shadiness of the bravo uh the the production of actually numbering the friends in this episode it was so brilliant my god I, as I was watching, I was like, are they really going to follow this through? And they really did. They literally tattled, tallies every single friend. I was like, oh my God, this is genius editing. I well, love it. Isn't that great? Is that like, I love that about any kind of artistic form. Uh, I was watching something about a, a, a musician, a Boney Vare, this band, and they were talking about their lighting that they bring in for concerts and, and just how it like all, everybody has this different job to make this one thing. And I love the thought of having all of this raw footage with Bravo and then them doing the story. And then what else can we add? You you know what would be funny is if we did this number counter. You know what would be interesting if we do this flashback that has four scenes of Ramona being mean to Sonia about her birthday. Like, I love those touches they they put into all of this. Totally. And, you know, you and I being creators, we understand, like, how that can really make a scene pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, that's really what we're watching for is those moments. It is funny. Do you, I mean... When I don't know if you ever feel like you're like, uh, or sometimes in the podcast, it'll just be like, well, I just, I really did a stinky segment, you know? So I guess uh, I'll just have to throw a lot of sound cues in here and see if I can like make something of my horrible performance. Like mm-hmm. I just, but I love that we actually can do that. You, you know, nothing is ever final in this. Right. Do you ever do that with a, a Bravo breakdown where you're like, oh yeah, for sure. Like sometimes I'll be, I'll record it. And then I'm like, Oh God, I forgot to mention this or mention that. So now I'll just pop the, pop the freeze frame in and just make the audience, draw the audience's attention to it without actually saying it. Ah, you know, but I love all of these forms that we're doing because it gives us really a chance to grow and to learn and to get better, you know, Mm -hmm. like from where I started to where I am now is just worlds different. And that's not even like patting myself on the back, but it's like, you're almost forced to, you're forced to get better, totally. you know, like just to keep yourself entertained, you know, getting the feedback too is so helpful from the followers saying, you know, what they like and what they don't like and what speaks to them. And it is funny there. I tell you these audiences, especially the Bravo audiences, I think we mentioned that before are just, they're so dang smart. They're oh so dang oh. smart. And so when you do, 
their feedback is is a crucial element to all of this mm-hmm. because they they give me I mean now like people are sending me clips of like this is funny to have you check this out and it'll like send me on a whole different path. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, like I know because our because the Bravo world, the audience is so intelligent. A lot of people would say, like, for instance, what we were saying about Ramona versus Dorinda. Like, obviously, when we're talking about Ramona, there's Ramona in the context of the show. And then there's Ramona in the context of social media and how she behaves in the world. And I'm, I don't want to I don't want to get it misconstrued saying that, oh, because she had a bad childhood, that excuses her, you know, not wearing masks and voting for Trump and all of the other things that she does that are really, really problematic. So I'm trying to separate the two and I'm looking at Ramona as a character on screen and not necessarily her as a person when I say those things as far as like giving her some grace. Yeah, and having yeah, yeah. Just want to clear that up because people really are like, how could you say you like Ramona more than Dorinda? Dorinda, I don't, there's no, there. I've liked Dorinda every season, but this season. Man, the, you know, you're dead on right. I've loved Dorinda, and that's why I think it is is a it's like a personal affront to a lot of us. It hurts us because we, you know, it's 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 like that uh, the the um, the meme Tyra the Tyra Banks. Like we were all rooting for you, you know, is that we all love you so much, and to see you fall like and and there seems to be no. Um, no self-reflection in terms of she it doesn't seem like anything's landing of like do you, are you not watching the show we're watching like i get you right. want to have this fight with ramona but have you seen your own behavior you exactly. can't it you can't i mean the last week's episode of them going so dark and then waking up the next morning and acting like it was just the rosé and it was like like immediately they acted like it was nothing and i was like that to me was the darkest moment i've seen on bravo in a while so dark, so toxic. Yeah. So this episode was called Sheer Madness. We're in episode 15 of the season. I don't know how many episodes we're going to get, but what was fascinating, I just saw this yesterday on Instagram, is that they supposedly are going to have a live reunion in person. Oh, wow. Okay. So okay. get prepared for Ramona to storm out at some point. There's no, uh-huh. I mean, Ramona's going to have a bad, uh, Leah and Ramona will go at it. Dorinda and Ramona go at it. So- so- Sonia and Ramona will go at it. I'm mm. trying to think what else has been in the the episodes. Oh, it's not going to be any Elise, which is kind of a bummer. Well, I mean, I, you know, half of me thinks Andy should just do an intervention for the entire cast. Like, you know, we brought you guys here today under the guise of a, a reunion, but now, <laughs> you know, we totally. care about you. And if you don't accept this help, you know, um, totally. the episode starts off Ramona as at Scarpetta. It is six days until her birthday party, the huge birthday party that Larry Scott, oh. hey, I'm Larry, Larry Scott, the event planner to the stars. Um, and it's so funny when you see Ramona get passionate about something. It's like, she's just like, a, she's, she's like a, a kid in a candy store. Yeah. She's like, Oh my God, we like to groove. We like to move. It's great. It's great. I just, I, you can't, it's, it's very infectious, but it also is funny because we've seen her be so mean too. So it's, it's like, she, I feel like she can switch on a dime. What? That child coming out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in those moments, that's we're looking at probably what fourteen year old Ramona. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I and by the way, I and, and a compliment to her. I think she does look close to fourteen. She looks so young this season. Great. Looks great. Uh, um, you know, it's uh, so then so we're, we're in that kind of thing where they start off usually every episode where they're like they round robin it show where everybody is. We go to Dorinda's apartment and Lynn is there. I didn't realize realize Lynn was a traveling uh, housekeeper. 
You know, I thought that too, and I, I do remember one episode that she said that she brought her to Berkshire's. So I think she's mainly in the city with her. I I I pray for Lynn every day now. Like I, Lynn is in my prayers at night because I'm like. Just make sure Lynn is okay. I just want Lynn and to be okay. She better be paying her very well. She better get a good holiday package. That's what I said. She needs combat pay for this. Ad. She needs combat pay. No yes. lady should have to watch. She literally just like, oh, like she's laughing, mm-hmm. the, like nervous laughing of like, oh my God, just go to sleep, you know? Right, right. Uh, so then we're at Sonia's townhouse. This poor townhouse, this journey of the townhouse and Sonia, we're in the basement. Water is leaking. You see like an old headshot on the floor. I mean, to oh. go the secrets of Sonia's basement at the townhouse, It's got. there's got to be a documentary someday. Imagine the stuff we would find down there. <laughs> um, and then... Oh I can't, you know, it's funny because so I just started watching, I think, season four of Roni and... Uh, Kelly Ben Simone is talking so much crap about Sonia's townhouse, saying how it's so dated and it's so dirty, and it literally <laughs> is the exact same way that it was all those seasons ago. Well, it's the funny thing because we saw Dorinda's uh, uh, Sonia's apartment at the beginning of this, se- the new place she's living in, mm-hmm. and she makes every place turn into like a um, like a thrift store, like a thrift market. Yes. Like there's like paintings, just like not even hanging on the wall, just up against the wall. Like it's it's so. It's like a, a huge thing of knickknacks. Like there's no organization. And I love so, – but for having that many free interns, why is this not more organized? I know. It's such a reflection of her personality because Sonia has such a chaotic energy. So I really wouldn't expect her environment to look any any less than what it looks like. Uh, I would be surprised perfect. if she was organized, to be honest. And that's such a great comment because, you know, this episode we really get into the – the state of mind that Sonia has been in all season of just what is bothering her and how dark things are getting. And, you know, just imagine somebody where you, you know, where they're all of a sudden scared that life is actually passing them by is that, you know, she doesn't have everything together. She is worried about where she lives. She is worried about money. Like her daughter is probably taken care of for the rest of her life, but Sonia isn't, you know, I mean, like that's, Wild, and then she sees somebody like Ramona. Like, why is Ramona thriving when Sonia did make most of these relationships happen for Ramona? I know, I know. It's I don't, you know. I, I think about that a lot. I'm like, what is the missing piece to where Sonia can't seem to have some sort of like steadiness in her life? There's always, it always seems like she's hanging on by a thread. And when she mentioned that she's afraid every day, oh, it just broke my heart. Yeah, it did. It, mine as well. I really, I really have a lot of compassion for Sonia and whatever. I mean, and I, I think she, I mean she's another one that looks amazing now. I think she might have given up drinking. And the funny thing with yeah. Sonia is like Sonia's just as funny sober as she. I mean, she's oh. not even funny drunk anymore. Oh she's, yeah, no, she definitely doesn't need the alcohol. You know what I think? I think that she, similar to Dorinda with the Berkshire's home, I feel like she hasn't fully processed and let go of her old life. And until she does, her environment is always going to be chaotic. Similar to how the Berkshire's was just stuff everywhere. Richard's stuff was all over the place. And Sonia's stuff in that, that apartment, that townhouse is everywhere. Her old life, her old self. She hasn't come to terms and accepted who she is now because she drinks it down. Yeah. She puts it down. She yeah. never looked at herself. I mean, it, you know, she has, uh, Sonia had that one line in this about the party dress, about like, you're, you're going to have me wear black at my age? No, everything's going to be pushed up, sparkly. And that is another tragic thing. Of And I think a lot of women 
you know, God, I mean, this is a huge burden that women always carry on them is unfortunately looks fade. They do. You, you will only be the young, pretty thing at one point in your life, uh, you know, and, and for somebody to have, for somebody to treat that like that was her special thing. Yeah. And then to lose that. And I feel like that a lot with women, you know, I even see it with my mom or with my, you know, this like, do I look pretty? Do I, you know, and I, you know, as a, as a guy, you don't worry about that stuff as much. And also I wasn't ever considered like, I was like a fat, overweight kid that was ugly as hell. Like, so I, you know, anything at this point is like bread and butter. I'm like, wow. I'm like, cool. Like you, everybody, oh, you like the beard? Okay. That's okay. We'll keep the beard. We'll keep the beard. Right, but right, right. women have this devastating thing where you know and this isn't like some like oh look at look at how i support women but it it shocks me when i hear about all the makeup that you have to buy and the the stuff you have to do to your hair and it takes an hour and a half to get out the door and i'm like it takes me 10 minutes to get out the door like just the amount of time that is wasted on presenting some kind of image to yourself and others I'm getting, going way too deep, but I just think about that with Sonia all the time. That's what's tragic, you know. No, yeah, the, the women, the, the the double standard in society and the pressures that are placed on women is just it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And especially like you were saying, like in the acting community, I mean, forty years old, you're done once you. And that's why I have such an appreciation for shows like Roni because they're employing these women that are in their fifties and sixties, whereas in the scripted world, if you're not already Meryl Streep, you're not going to have very much work past forty. Yeah, I mean, and and they and you will have unless you create your own kind of thing and like get opportunities that way. You know, you know this more than than anybody out there is that you, you know, you, nobody will take you on as a development client past a certain age. Like what you know, they want they want to develop somebody that's young and seventeen and and they can grow with you. You know, I'm considered. You know, like we're considered like at the older you get, the less hireable you are. So that's mm-hmm. why it's amazing. Like you know. I mean, you still look insanely young. I mean, not, you know, obviously I don't think you're 15. You're probably 17. But, um, but you know what I'm saying? Like we have, like I have to do other things, not even to like create a, like a, like kick down a door or something, but it's like, well, I want to do something creative, you know? Um, yeah. And I think too, it just goes back to like society as a whole. It's like, if you make women's, you know, value based upon their looks, it's a way of controlling us and keeping us small. Because looks fade, therefore your value decreases with age, and therefore men continue to be in power because their value doesn't decrease with age. If anything, it increases. Yeah. So it's it's just a tool that's you know it starts from the top and it works its way down. White women all the way down to black women, to, who get it the worst. It's like it's very sad. We the the double standard. It's 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 holding us back as a society, and it's just sad to see someone of that generation having so much pain around that and I look forward to hopefully people like Leah to be to be able to sort of have a certain look and your beauty doesn't equate you to being a more valuable person you're Sonia is valuable because she's Sonia yeah exactly you know? well and it, you know is that another thing you like about uh, Bravo Breakdown is you, you get to actually speak your own voice and mind because the uh, acting world we don't get to choose what we audition for and, and, right. and most of the things when you start off is like, well, here's your coffee, sir. Like, you know, I'm barista number two or something. And it's not like that's like, 
wow, that made all the acting training I have really pay off for this barista role, you know, whereas something like Bravo Breakdown, you actually get to let us into your thought process, you know? I feel like with the Bravo Breakdown, I get to bring all of myself. I get to bring all of my life experiences. Yeah. I get to bring, you know, just everything that I've taken in this time that I've been on the earth. Whereas, like you said, like, because like, the first part of my career, I really played a lot of, like, um, house servants and slaves. Like, a lot of peer, I did a lot of period work. I didn't really start booking, like, modern day stuff until recently because there just weren't roles. It was like, oh, you're a black girl. You can be the slave or you can be the house help. So I definitely felt very limited as far as like what I could bring to my bring to my characters and bring to myself on the screen. So I definitely really enjoy having this space to show people that there are so many different shades and so many different layers to being a black woman, to being a black person in this country. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and especially at this time, I mean, what a what a fascinating, I mean, potentially horrific time, but also really positive in some ways of like, wow, like we might be at a real growth moment. I don't know. So any, uh, just like Ramona's at a growth moment uh, yes. at her birthday party. <laughs> so um, basically, we find out the 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 info gets dropped that Ramona is going to be wearing red, and everybody else is supposed to be wearing black, and she's already on Leah because Leah has went with her to Larry Scott's. Is that like? you know, cover those, cover those tits, no exposure, you know, no, you know, don't, don't, you know, with your tight body. No, 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 no. Like Ramona really has a thing with Leah's body. It's great. No one can take the attention off of Ramona. No. She's threatened by Leah's youth, her beauty, her body, everything. Well, it's like how Luann is threatened by anybody wanting to do cabaret, but Luann. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, Larry. is just like, why? These women are so insecure. Well, but by the way, like, I think that's why they're relatable. Like, I, we're all insecure about something. Absolutely. It's just that Absolutely. now it's been distilled to these, like, really, like, okay, Luann's, uh, Luann's this, Sonia's this, you know, like, we know these people, like, the back of our hands. Right. And we don't, I mean, do you think any of these ladies have really grown over these years? Like, you've seen growth? I mean, you know, we'll give Luann the fact that she went to jail. <laughs> that, that. You know, that forced her to open her eyes. Sure. And, you know, really see life and, you know, value and not take for granted the privilege that she has as a white woman. I would like to believe that. Uh, it was, I gotta say, it was, I did not, I did not imagine having Luann doing like a potential scared straight episode where she was talking to people trying to get back on their feet, which is a scene that's coming up. We'll, we'll talk about It's just wild. Um, uh, so basically the party is Bethany has evolved tremendously. Well, Bethany's evolved and to the point where she's off the show. <laughs> right. Right. So she's an exception. There, there are exceptions. I mean, Portia, I mean, there are people on these franchises that have, you know, transformed from night and day. Like they're a completely different person than they were when they first came on the show. And then you have people like Ramona and Luann that are, they, they were, they are going to live and die as Ramona and Luann. And yeah. you know, that's why we watch them. Yeah, I mean, totally. We for that, I watch Portia, someone like Portia, because I'm so inspired by the evolution of Portia. And then somebody like Ramona, I watch Ramona because I know what I'm going to get. Yeah, totally. And Ramona says to Leah in this of like, I don't want any drama that night. If there's drama, you protect me to Leah. And then in Leah's talking head, we get, uh, wonder what kind of women will be there. It's probably going to be like a MAGA rally, which <laughs> is very close to, I think, Spot what on. it was, you know? Spot on. 
spot on. It's like not only do you have a room full of only white women, but you had to have pretty much all of them be blonde. Like you just wanted clones of yourself. Like you literally only want to be around people that look exactly like you. Well, that's why I was very comfortable with Bravo just giving them a number. You know, it was like number one, number three, number five. Um, So uh, we are for her because she literally was like oh yeah all of my friends are blonde and petite do you think that's like what she looks for for in her friends well yeah i mean you did i mean there was only one interesting looking person that girl that looked like uh zoolander oh my god uh yes. the one that wore like a lot of different colors that was the <laughs> only one where i was like well that's potentially uh neither good or bad looking just interesting you know and of course ramona had no problem with her because she wasn't threatened by her because she didn't have her tits out yeah exactly that's great. Yeah, exactly. Like, like Ramona's yeah, like, you got to pass. the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't have a problem with her. So now we are at that scene where Luann is talking to people, trying to get back up on their feet. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Luann lets us know that she wants to give back. You know, how does this experience not change you? This, you know, however long, three days or whatever she spent in jail. And... I love that Sonia is there to support and Sonia comes into the scene with like 10 bags of like a bag lady. And she's like, and then we're getting these beautiful speeches by some people of like what they've gone through and watching Sonia, Sonia's nodding and smiling and like, yes, yes. And Luann's tearing up and then Luann speaks and she talks about her horrific story. And I love the fact that she's like, um, well, a door hit a police officer, so I was arrested for assault. Like, she still can't be like, I pushed, purposely pushed this door into an officer's head. She's right, like, a right. door fell in the wrong way, and I guess that's why I assaulted a police officer scene. And I loved the people that were shaking their heads like, yes, Luann, yes. Like, oh, like, what an amazing speech. And, oh, wow. And and it was basically what was cool. Luann is going to take a couple of the ladies to a spa, which I want that scene. That's the show I want. Oh, can you imagine that? Oh, I, I, I would love her and Sonia taking these ladies to a spa and, like, I want that scene. You can put black bars around their private parts, but mm-hmm. I want to see how they talk with each other. I want to see, you know, I I need that. Yeah, I want to see the humility. I want to see if it's really there. Because Sonya, you know, Sonya can get along with anybody. She can shoot the shit with anybody. Yeah. But I would really love to see if, 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 if Luann can sort of bring herself down to earth or if it's just for the cameras. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's... It's it's crazy. So uh, I I really loved that scene for a couple different reasons, and I just I pray to God that we get that scene next week or something. I want to I want to see Luann keep doing this work. I hope it's just not a one and done thing, you know. What did you think about her speech? Uh, I didn't. I was. Uh, it was neither here nor there. It was better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It was. I thought she would tank it completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the emotion was potentially there. I thought she was believing what she was saying. I don't know if there was a lot of connection. Um, I don't know if there was a lot of humility in the sense of, Hey, I am so privileged and it is so, uh, things like this remind me of how lucky I am and how I potentially have made the wrong decisions, uh, because of things, you know? Totally, totally. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was thinking. Because even when she got emotional, I felt like it was self-serving. I didn't feel like she was there to be of service to others and shine a light on, like you said, the privilege that she has to the fact that, bitch, you still employ. You still got a job. You still on TV. These people can't get jobs. 
So, you know. I felt it was very, uh, I thought Luanne was kind of like, uh, viewing herself like Michelle Pfeiffer and Dangerous Minds, you know, <laughs> like Coolio was about to come out, like <laughs> you know, like I was yeah. like, oh, I just I feel like she thinks she's like an urban hero now. Oh, totally, she thinks she's got street cred now because yeah. she went to jail for one day. I mean, so, those people are honestly being really nice to her because I would have been like, bitch, get sit down, bye. I yeah. would not hear a word that she had to say if, if, if after I'd have spent thirty years in the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a wild scene that I really recommend people go back and watch. Uh, now we're on to the next scene. Ramona, Avery, and Mario are meeting for dinner. Uh, he doesn't live in town, but when he does, they get together for dinners as a family. They Ramona points out they are not married, but they are still a family. And I do love that. I mean, I'm not going to take that away from Ramona. I love couples that are no longer together but still make some sort of family environment work, which I think that takes years and, and actual putting in work, which seems like they have done. I love all also the fact that they this is such a rich person of like we've known Salvatore for like 40 years so we always go to any restaurant that Salvatore is at so they're at Coma Prima and Mario sits down and he's like just had a flashback oh you know what I'm thinking it's the night we were here uh 25 years ago and you know you go in that bathroom and your water breaks and and then he's like points to Avery like that was you. Like, no shit, it was you. Like, they don't have other kids. Right, who else was it? She was pregnant. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, she was pregnant with you. Yeah. That's it, was, it was like the one we gave away, and which would be right. a great episode. But then we have, like, this old waiter that was, like, there, and he was like, I was there that night. Yes, we were back in the kitchen. I'm like, Salvatore has the same, like, that's another story I want to watch of, like, who's this dude? This dude was there when Avery's, when, when Ramona's water broke, and he's still there? As a right? waiter. Can you imagine the stories that he could tell? I mean, that's the Sir restaurant I want. Like, that's the, oh, you know, God. I want those stories. Put that guy at Sir. Um, you know, also, we get Ramona in a talking head of, like, you know, of making up with Mario. And then she's like, even though, you know, Mario did this to me, Mario was very angry after me after we got a divorce, which I didn't know what exactly what, what that was that? about. What, yeah, I wish she would have delved into that more because I'm really curious, like, what could he possibly be angry with her about? And she seemed like she was okay with that. She's like, yeah, he was mad at me. Why would he be mad at you? Yeah, I mean, really? I no. well, I don't know if, like, he expected to be completely forgiven and she didn't. Like, he, he expected of, like, I will still make this. I don't know. Like, that's what I was really curious about. But we... She asked the the question of like, um, are you seeing anybody? Well, because they do a they do a toast of like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, to us or whatever. And and she's like, I love you, Avery, and I even love you, Mario. And Mario's like, ah, oh, thank you, that's sweet. And then Mario doesn't immediately say it back. And in classic Ramona fashion, she's like, you're supposed to say it back to me. And he goes, I love you. And then she goes to Avery, and I love you too, Avery. It was a really bizarre exchange. And then it led into the exchange of Ramona going, well, are you dating anybody right now? And in a typical guy response, he's like, I mean, what do you even consider a relationship? Like, what is that considered? And she's like, well, somebody somebody you watch movies with on a Saturday night, which Ramona has a wacky to like these people and their definitions of relationship is like, yeah. wait, just one night a week. That's what you yeah. call a relationship. It's a requirement for a relationship. I mean, it really is bizarre when you th I, I was talking about this with a friend yesterday of like how these people view relationships are not actually how real relationships are. Uh, I mean, look at Dorinda. She's with this dude for seven years and they, they, he came over there, what, twice a week? Yeah. Like he, he finally had a toothbrush there this year and then that must've done it because they broke up. You know, like yeah. I, I like, 
I mean, what about those relationships where you're consumed with the other person and you want to be with them all the time and then you're sick with the person, but you stay with them because you love them and you work things out and you do this. I mean, it's just you're a part of each other's lives and this does not seem like that at all. So I always find it fascinating. The And it's usually wealthy people that have a very different view of relationships than I do. It's because they don't want to compromise. Ramona wants to live her life she want, the way she wants to live it. So she'll be able to, she wants to find someone that she can work into her life in the way that she wants to work it. Because in order for her to have a relationship, like you just mentioned, she would actually have to like give. And yeah. I don't think she wants to do that. She just wants someone to check a box and give her attention and, you know, make her feel like she's special. And that really only requires like once or twice a week. And then the rest of the time she'll be, you know, hanging out with her 50 girlfriends. Yeah. I mean, I do love Ramona in a talking head after Mario said that of like, Ah, you know, men, who can figure them out? And, like, it is funny how men do have that thing of, like, ah, I'm not going to really tell you what's going on. And, like, and I, I don't know what the psychology behind that is. I wonder if I wonder if he's, like, not bringing it up because it's day class A to talk about relationships, that he doesn't want somebody knowing his personal business. I always wonder why guys sometimes do that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I wonder if he's just, like, I want to – Get as many ladies as I can. Uh, so now we're in a scene with Leah and her sister. We're back at Spy 88, which we were introduced to earlier in the season. Uh, Leah is wearing a shirt that says, no fuckboys allowed. Okay, great. You know, like, okay. I love you, Leah. I love Leah with all my heart. But I mm-hmm. sometimes the – I get graphic tees, but it's like sometimes the basicness of those crack me up. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, – they, they talk about Tinsley not being there anymore, and they flash a photo of Scott and her as Beauty and the Beast at Disney World or something, which is so Tinsley. That really is – she really is living her fairy tale, I guess, and that's great. The crazy thing about this, we find out from Leah's sister that Leah's mom literally said, I don't like Leah. Oh, my gosh. Mind blown. I, I mean, and then she goes – and the yeah. sister goes, well, she – you know, she says she doesn't like me either, but she puts up with me, you know, but her mom is like a strict Catholic, you know, th- what is th- into theology and things like that. But that's a wild thought to have your mom tell your sister that she doesn't like you. And the fact that her mom is a therapist, so she knows what that does to the psyche. And she just still is OK with saying that is like, does she not have like, does she not have any feelings? Like, is she like a psychopath? Like, who says that to their own kid? And I know this is mentioned, but this is exactly why we see the relationship between Ramona and Leah that we do. And Leah actually is all right with being like, no, 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 bitch. No, 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 no. Because she's actually being able to voice what she wants to voice with her mom to Ramona because she's not able. She's always going to feel less than because of her mom. And Ramona has been the one encouraging her to, to, you know, make up with her mom all season. So it's a very interesting thing how that's all playing out. Totally. And yeah, I think that's why she flips out so much in this episode because she's like, I get enough condescension and shit from my own mom. There's no way I'm going to have this woman doing the same thing to me. Yeah. Yeah. So we're now at the night of the party at Scarpetta. What did you think of what Larry Scott did to this room? My gosh. It was. (laughs) So first of all, the fact that he had everybody goes to Ramona's living room written across the bar. I mean, it would, in the, in the ta- it's almost like Buca de Beppo, like the Dorit's like, it's like, I'm like, where is this considered everybody's been in Ramona's living room? Like, right? and I'm Ramona like, loved it. All this buildup for this. And it's all white, all, all white. white. Like what? I mean, it really, 
it was so nondescript except for just being tacky. Like mm-hmm. I can't even really point out except for that Ramona's living room thing, anything that I potentially remember except for the glasses on the thing because Sonia stepped on it at the end, you know? Right. I didn't like, I mean, I, I am a guy, so I guess it doesn't matter, but as a woman, was that anything? horrible like i would have been like i want my money back right now i'd have been like just scrap the whole thing let's go down to the bar because it was embarrassing yeah it was, uh, <laughs> and she loved it ramona loved it yeah i mean it was it, it, uh, she's like look what he did with this space and larry's like thank you ramona thank you i love that i put so much work into this let's get a picture um uh I hate those. He's like, okay, let me just like make this whole thing about Ramona, make her the center of attention and she'll like whatever I do. So the fact that her name was written that large across something that alone was enough to make her like the, the uh, decorations. Uh, you know, so it is the night of the party, but we're still going around all the other housewives. Sonia's townhouse. She's, you know, she's paying in Columbus cir- circle, her apartment there, her townhouse. She has to overhaul the town, ta- overhaul the townhouse. And she brings up that the townhouse is costing her, I think like 50,000 a month. There's an intern taking notes. Has any of these ladies ever thought of like, Hey, go to LA and just get like a really nice four grand a month apartment. Like let's like, like, I mean, start driving a Corolla. Like, like don't, don't try to keep up with anybody. You will have a great roof over your head. You can do it for four grand a month. Like, don't, why are we doing, like, why are you doing this? Like, what is, you're already putting, it's, it can't be for pride and dignity because you're already airing out all of these grievances on the air. Like, we're seeing this on TV. What is, what are you, you're not hiding anything anymore. I know, I know. I think like, like what we're saying, that's her only tie to being Lady Morgan because it was her home yeah. with her husband. And I just think she doesn't want to let it go. Well, all she needs is those Morgan letters and they can anything else. She doesn't need. That's all. That's all. And her, uh, and her what? And her blue book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. That's all you really need to make a home. Um, you know, we're, we're back at Dorinda's place and she brings up that, you know, something is going on with Sonia to, I believe, Elise and Leah. And we find out that Sonia talked at Wharton in Philadelphia, which is wild, and then got kicked out of a gay bar in the gayborhood. Uh, and it was after Dorinda and Luann had left after seeing her speak at Wharton. And so they're really concerned about Sonia. And then we keep cutting back to Sonia talking to carpet salesmen about like, you know, that's it. It's like she wants to be on top of things so bad and she's just not on top of anything but you could tell she wants it so bad she's like yes i have my glasses on and i'm somebody's writing this down and yes this matters so much to me like i i i've never had a house and i will i will do this you know Mm -hmm. totally Uh, uh, so then, yeah, so Elise and Ramona, uh, Elise says she had lunch with Ramona the day before. They're good when they're away from the other girls. And I think that's true. Like Ramona think- is really shitty to other, like to the, the women she chooses to be shitty to. She loves being shitty to women in groups, but one-on-one yeah. I hear she's amazing. I, I could totally see that. Yeah. But Elise, could- God bless her. She really stands up for Ramona all the time for no reason. I know. I think she probably sees Ramona in a sense like what we were saying. She probably knows Ramona's trauma. Yeah. She Uh, just has empathy for her. uh, So now we're at the party and we meet Tanya, Ramona's sister. Um, There was some connection, I believe, to Betsy DeVos, the education secretary. Like, I think I could be wrong, but I think Ramona's sister might be married to Betsy DeVos's brother. Oh, 
which okay. really would make so much sense, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to look that one up. I didn't know that. Yeah. If I don't, what if I'm just like making up really specific hey. facts? So like, you know, Ramona is the treasure secretary of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I did write, I want to know more about, uh, Ramona's sister. I do want to know more. I, I, I yeah. It's the fact that like, you know, she looks better than Ramona. So I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that like, she's never around. Yeah, totally. Um, so then Sonia, uh, is picked up by Luann and, um, we get now the crux of Sonia's anger. And this one is that. I introduced her to all of these 50 girlfriends. I introduced them all. I didn't even get invited to Ramona's party last year, which we see in a flashback. And then we also see a flashback of Sonia arguing with Ramona of like, shut the fuck up about these friends. Shut the fuck up. Like a really, like you see that it really cuts her to the core. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, because it's like, for like, like she said, not, not only does she introduce her to these women, but also like, for everything that Ramona and Sonia have been through together, just with being on the show, like she would think that she would have some sort of like loyalty to work towards her or make her feel like she's somewhat different than all these other 50 girlfriends. So it's probably like really hurtful to her. And this is exactly when we start getting the number counter at the party. The girls start showing up. We got Arlene. Uh, we got Avery and her crew. Um, everybody goes to Ramona's L- L- living room is first introduced. And she's like, you know, because everybody does wind up in my living room, which is just like. God. Uh, but by the way, I hope that is true. I would love to wind up in Ramona's living room someday because then I'll literally be like, Ramona, remember at your birthday, everybody, I'm in your living room. Uh-huh, and, then she, uh-huh. and then she'll be like, what are you doing here? It's three in the morning. What's that? I say cocktails and conversations. <laughs> um, Sonia comes in. Uh, I didn't realize Carol Alt, the supermodel, was there as one of Ramona's. Uh, I, I was shocked by that one. I was too. I was too. Uh, Luann didn't wear black. Sonia didn't wear black. We meet Pamela, girl number 20, another lady. And Sonia goes, oh, another lady that was at my baby shower. Uh, like Sonia is bringing it up immediately. We've got Missy Tom's ex, friend 22. <laughs> we got Liz. We got a, I gotta say, we do have a lot of women. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like, oh, oh these yeah, are actually 10 lying. women. Yeah. No, she wasn't lying. And then let's not forget Sonia's tag. Her, and she always got to have a tag hanging out. Oh, poor Sonia. I was remember, I think it was like two, three, two seasons ago, maybe when uh, they were in Mexico and Sonia had the white bathing suit and like there was just a tag hanging off the bottom part. And it was like they focused on it. It was like, oh, like, you know, it, it, it's it's like Luann loves not saying at Dorinda's house in the Berkshires and Sonia loves to like wear a tag, you know, like these people, uh-huh. we, we, they're patterns here. Totally. Um, this is also a a sad moment. Leah goes up to Ramona. Leah is there and she's talking. Ramona's talking to another girl and just completely ignores Leah to the point where Leah gives the camera like a, a, a quick reaction take. Like, like, like Jim Halpert in the office. Like it was, it was, you know, and we see it. And I, if you think about, I always like to think about Leah coming into this is that she was supposed to be Bethany's friend coming into this. Bethany quit unexpectedly. So Leah really is still trying to cement some kind of relationships. And there has to be a huge insecurity for Leah about this of like, well, I I want to be acknowledged. Anybody wants to be acknowledged. You know, I, I yeah. came all the way here. And then you can tell Leah knows immediately how the night's going to go of like, oh, mm-hmm. OK, I see. OK. Totally. And and she eventually just packs up and walks, walks away and doesn't even say hi, you know, as she should have, as she should. That was so rude. It's like, really, you know, you see her. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, and it, it may, I mean, maybe she could justify it and be like, oh, I was in the middle of a conversation. I didn't want to, you know, just interrupt this woman. No, you say, hold on one second. Let me acknowledge this person that I'm on a show with. And Ramona clocks everything. There's no way she did not see her. Like, there's just yeah. no way. Um, I always love in these situations where we do get to see women interacting with other women. And in that many women, like I wish we could have had a couple more conversations about what they were talking about. And I got to say, I don't know, like, I mean, and we really see this with Ramona a lot, but like sometimes women just treat other women really shitty. Like it's, there's, it just doesn't ever seem like for everything that like girl power and girls talking about raising other women up, it sometimes really doesn't seem like that. Mm-hmm. The competitiveness is just like, it's fierce. Yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, I, I, I figure that, I mean, in one hand, like that, I, Sonia even says it of like, oh, great. You want me to like party with another bunch of women? Like, cause Sonia loves a, a guy. She loves a, a piece of eye candy or something like that. And you really, I bet that room, that energy in that room was like just weirdly charged. Oh yeah. And honestly, like if, if Leah had come in with a muumuu on or a bag, Ramona probably would have acknowledged her. Yeah. But she saw how good she looked. That's great. Yeah. And that's ignored her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally, um, Luann says that Sonia's out of control with her drinking again to the girls. Um, Ramona, Ramona comes to Sonia and is like, hey, no, it's fine that you didn't wear black. It's fine. You know, like I want it. Tonight's our, like we want I want my BF to best friend to shine. Your birthday is going to be in two weeks. And Sonia goes one week. My birthday is going to be in one. And Ramona's like talking over her and she's like one week. My birthday is going to be in one <laughs> week. It's a really funny little bit of dialogue because it just immediately attacked. Like Sonia at this point couldn't get out of the anger with Ramona if she wanted to. She's just seen red. Oh, and totally. in a talking head, we see Sonia go, you know when my birthday is. You know, you're never going to celebrate my birthday, so don't act like you are. And uh, we get this, you know, they always jam this scene in there like we did with Beverly Hills this week of the girls all together to announce a trip. And New York gets Mexico, Beverly Hills gets Rome, which is just wildly, vastly different. Uh, but, I know, I know. Um, I'm excited to see the trip. Do you love when they do trips? Oh, I love it. I love it because they're all trapped there and they can't escape and everything is heightened. Yeah. And Ramona got to dig into Leon this one too of like, okay, but don't throw any torches. Don't throw any torches. No, no, no. You know, it's great. I know. know. And also too, like whenever they were like sort of sitting down and whenever Dorinda was trying to, I guess, you know, intervene and talk to Sona, I'm like, Dorinda is the last person that I want to hear anything from in regards to drinking or having accountability. <laughs> like I was just, it was a joke to me that, that Dorinda felt like it was her place to sort of like, you know, tell Sonia that she needs to tone it down because she got kicked out of a gay club. It's like, you just haven't gotten kicked out of a gay club yet. You just haven't gotten your mugshot yet. So yeah. for, because of that, she thinks she is holier than thou, that she can tell other people that they need to get themselves together when she's just as bad as the rest. Oh, completely. Uh, we get Ramona's speech to all the ladies. Uh, thank you for coming tonight. We get the we get the whole spiel she did earlier in the season of like, I was home at my house and I was lonely. And then I have all these ladies to, to, to rely on, to give me strength. And oh my God, I'm alone. I'm alone. But I'm not alone because of all you. I love myself. I love myself. And then Dorinda throws in, I gave you a dildo for that, which is I mean, I was like even a gas. Like let 
let Ramona uh-huh. have her speech. Like you right, literally right. yelled, I got you a dildo for that. I don't like love it or hate it. You know, the speech, but it was Ramona's like, she's tearing up. She's telling yeah. about how all these ladies got her through the toughest time. And then Dorinda throws that line in. I got to say, I really was shocked. I was like, whoa, whoa. I was too. And I was shocked how Ramona re- responded. What'd she, she say? She's like, went- no, I, I take a vibrator. I got, I, I use the other thing. Is that what she uh, said? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then Sonia goes, same speech, same old speech every year, same old speech every year. Now we can go back to the party with 99 other women. Yay. And <laughs> it's just like, Dorinda talks to Sonia then one-on-one about being, and Luann sits down, talks about being worried for her. She says, Hey, you know, I want to be your, your rock or your raft or whatever, you know, like, and Sonia's like, no, it's my house. I'm so worried about my house. And you know, there's like, you know, you can see where I really believe, I think, what I'm guessing is that I believe we're going to have an intervention for Sonia at some point this season. I really think that's what's about to happen after Mexico. I could be wrong. But Sonia keeps referring to something that happens later in the season that really corrects her behavior. So I'm thinking maybe that's what it's because all the women are talking about her now in that sense, which I'm shocked they're not talking about Dorinda. Yeah. <sighs> And I don't, I, that bothers me so much that they're like making her Sonia into like this target for the one that's like, you know, the one that needs the most help just because she's the loud, she's just so chaotic, but she doesn't need more help than Dorinda does. But she did mention that. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but she said that she was on a medication that the mixing oh. between medication and the alcohol was what was making her go off the hinges. So maybe that has something to do with it. Okay. She, she had gotten on the last season so i don't know if she got back on them and then was mixing them hmm. you know it always but, seems to be a good combination for me so i don't know what she's complaining about but <laughs> right? <that's, yeah. laughs> I'm like, shoot I, I don't i don't read the label i would drink and do whatever i want <laughs> it's like that when harry <laughs> met sally moment i'll have what she's having you know right um exactly I, so Sonia, then Ramona sits down and like, she, you know, Dorinda's like, Ramona, no, no, Sonia, Ramona loves you. Ramona loves you. Like Sonia's in full like blackout mode here almost. They're like, no, nah, you know, Ramona, I don't want to hear her talk about her stupid Gucci purse. And it's like just getting to turn mm-hmm. to be really incoherent. Um, yeah. And Ramona also points out like, tonight's about me. Am I not allowed to throw parties just for me? You know, like why? And which is, yeah, you are allowed to throw parties for you. Sonia needs to get over it. Yeah, I did feel like that in that moment. They should have just let just let Ramona have this night. Just I, I feel like that all of that could have been avoided. Like how they were when she came over there to try to show the purse, just act like you like her purse, give her her attention, stroke her little ego so we can go home. Yeah, like I think about that all the time is that like we as humans, like you know, like I do that all the time of like you go easy on people sometimes. Yeah. Uh, like you know, it's like maybe now's not the time to point out this about your friend. Like I I've done that many times where I've said one comment too far and I'm like you idiot, why did you do that? But here is mm-hmm. these people just like going after Ramona at her own party. There's 364 other days to go after Ramona. Let her have the night as stupid as it is as it is, as badly decorated as it is. Like, let her have it you know that's how i feel and i never feel that way but that night i was like you know what y'all are here if you're gonna come here and show up just be supportive and just save it for the next day dorinda has a really nice mo- dorinda has a really sad nice moment of we catch her at the bar she goes uh 
You took my dirty martini away. Give me another dirty martini. Like, I love that she literally was like, you took my dirty martini away. I'm going to need another dirty martini. I love that Dorinda's drinks are being taken away. You know, whatever you want to paint that picture is. But she's like, I will not stand for it. And I will need my dirty martini right now. Right, right, right. Uh, The band starts playing. um, And uh, Leah goes, uh, I'm all about girl power, but it's starting to look like a MILF porn in here, which is another really solid line. Leah is on top of Luann. Dorinda is behind Leah. It is a uh, a Real Housewives of New York sandwich. And (laughs) this is when Tanya, Ramona's sister, comes up and is like, ladies, please, you know. She's like too sexy, ladies. Too, too sexy. sexy. It's like a nun. It's like it's it's you know. I only I, the only thing I could picture was like Leah's mom at home going, "Yes, she is right. It was too uh-huh. sexy." Yep. But yep. It. You know. I mean, yes. Leah's skirt was pushed up a little bit. I mean, but she went. That's not on purpose. She was spreading her. I mean, listen. They were having a good time. I didn't. You know, and she had a bodysuit on. You know, when you so do moments like, like that, you, you draw attention to it, and it's just like then it's just. It's going to get worse. Yeah, I mean, if it had just been Leah and Luann, that would have been one thing. But then when Dorinda and Elise joined in, it was like they were all just like sort of saying a big F you to Ramona. Yeah. And Leah's like, I love it, bitch. Yeah. Leah loves to, <laughs> Leah loves to throw around a bitch word. She loves to say bitch. Loves to say it. She's like, hell no, bitch. <laughs> and so Ramona now is involved because Tanya like snitched on her and pulls Leah aside. And she's like, and, and Leah's like, are you kidding me? And she's like, you, you have a run in your stocking. It's D class A. It's like, wait, what? Like, we're, it's the stocking. It's like, what? what is the part? Like, there's Zoolander at your party. That's not D class A. Like, uh, I know. She's like, she's embarrassing me. And then this is when we have this beautiful moment of getting production involved where Ramona's like, we're done. Shut it down. Shut it down. And Leah's like, you're being psychotic. And then you have Sonia the robot then like, I will get up on glass now and dance and break. Like she has no clue where she's at. So all of a sudden, it's just this wild moment of like, stop, stop. And like Sonia... It's like this, we end this, the episode with this amazing mad madhouse scenario. So usually how they do these with these shows is that we'll pick it back up here next week, I assume, with one scene and then we'll go on to the rest of the episode. Uh, also, did you happen to see that Watch What Happens Live this week where Leah said after that night, Dorinda cut her foot on a piece of the yep. glass and they had to go to the emergency room? And then Dorinda said that wasn't true? Oh, Dorinda said it wasn't true? Yeah, I saw that somewhere on Instagram, but I didn't look up her uh, official quote. But I, I got to see what that's about because I want to talk about it this week. But oh. I, I, I'm like, it is wild, those things of like, oh, man, I don't think we're going to see that. But I would love to have seen Dorinda cut her foot and have to go to the – I mean, like, that's wild. And uh, especially the blood around all that white, you know, like – Sonia must have been really, really, really gone to be doing that. Oh, my God. I remember when they would show the previews for the season and seeing that clip. I was just like, it's everything that I thought it was. I mean, it was amazing. But I love Ramona saying, I'll fucking quit the show right now. I'm done, done. It's like, I I love, I don't know if we've, I wonder how many times people have done that on the show. They've just always edited it out where now I think it's becoming a little more uh, standard to see those scenes with production. And I love, I, I love, love I, I want more of that. I want it to be like, you know, uh, I want it to be more like 
somebody pointed out like Teen Mom is a show now that has production involved. Like you see the producers on camera, you know, talking to these people because it's the only friends they actually have in real life. But I, I would love to call out the actual thought of like, what they're like, that's the only way I also think Vanderpump Rules can survive. Like, show us what actually goes down, you know? Totally. And it's like what you're saying. It's like the Bravo universe, like, it's smart people. It's stupid TV, but we're not stupid. Yeah. So I feel like if you really, you know, it's like a band. It's like a band that you, it's like maybe like a Radiohead or a Stevie Wonder or something where it's like they start at this, you know, Stevie Wonder had like Sign, Seal, Deliver, like all these beautiful songs but then stevie wonder's music grew you had songs in the key of life you have all of these things that didn't sound like signed sealed and delivered so you know fans i i I compare bravo fans sometimes like music fans or they think of us like that because they're like well no we're gonna keep giving you signed sealed and delivered and it's like well it's okay if you grow too i would be willing to grow with you i'd be willing to change this format up it's the person that we love potentially not the format absolutely I yeah. absolutely agree with that. It's so nice. Yeah. Did I literally I, just compare Real Housewives of New York to Stevie Wonder? I'm so oh, like, what? Well, I really just, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sick in the head. That's insane. <laughs> no, but you're right though. You're right. I mean, like we're, we're, don't put us in a box. We grow and we evolve. And so let us show us what, what's really going on. And like you said, with Team Mom, like I've seen, sadly, I've seen every episode of Team Mom. <laughs> It's Gary so time. It's Gary time. I love Gary. Ooh, I'm so embarrassed by that one because that's straight up trailer park trash. Oh, it like, is. The, it is. The fact park. that they give them paychecks, it's that it's fun. so dangerous in so many ways. It is like, you know, we're not, we won't go on a tangent, but in the, the beginning of the season, you know, they're in trailer parks and obviously now they have homes and things like that. But they are still just like in their same small town doing the same shit that they were doing from season one. But like you said, the fact that they have broken the fourth wall allows a viewer to feel like we're getting more from them and not just seeing, like you said, the same formula over and over and over again. Well, if MTV was smart with that show, they would have put all that money into a trust that they can only access when they're 50, you know, like, mm-hmm. or just the trust for the actual child. Uh, the, right, the, the, right. Right. Um, uh, so, so yeah, that was this week's episode Thank you so much for doing this with me. This comes out on Wednesday, which is great, you guys, because now you can go over to our Patreon and go check that out now. And I'm assuming you're going to be releasing every week. Is that what you're planning on yes, doing? I'm going to do so. One episode is going to go on my IGTV. Most likely, it'll start to be uh, Potomac, and then I'll probably uh, rotate between Roni and Beverly Hills to go on my Patreon. And it's only five dollars, so you're getting an episode for what a dollar fifty a week. So you know it's super reasonable. And- I always think of it like those. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin dog commercials of like for just one ninety nine a month you can help right. you can help Ryan stay off the streets you know like right right right, right. literally because yeah. I mean I don't know about you but I'm unemployed oh I got I got I got fired or I got let go a couple uh, weeks ago I'm unemployed now like I mean I've never I haven't been unemployed in thirteen years wow. like this is really a bizarre time and I I'm now really religiously paying attention to what the government's going to do, which is already a hard thing. And you're like, Hey, I just, I didn't even get to enjoy all the stimulus checks. Like what, where's that? So you don't get to get like the back pay of that 
oh my gosh like it like it happened i mean i think i get one of those like i think i, I get one six hundred dollar thing but like people right. have been doing this for like the last couple months and i'm like man oh, yeah. if i could have only got let go a couple months ago i would have been like so much better than i am now but who knows life life happens and and we'll we'll all every all of we us will get through this out, right we yeah. always figure it out yeah so as long as we have these shows to, to bs about i think we're gonna be good um so you guys support her this way but you can also go to instagram and support the bravo breakdown is it at the bravo breakdown yep at the bravo breakdown and then sasha's personal account is there as well what yep so it's at the bravo bravo and same thing for patreon patreon.com slash the bravo breakdown but I really want you guys to watch the Bravo Breakdown. I want you to repost it too if you can because we got to get these numbers up. You know, like is that the right people are watching these things, but we need now more people to watch it. And then because you want eventually it to become an avalanche where it's something starts small and you grow and you grow and you grow until you're undeniable. And that's where I believe Sasha is going with all of this. So I, I, I hope I can put those words in your mouth. But we got we to gotta support. And uh, so make sure you do that. May, and also make sure you watch it because it's entertainment. It's there's great points. You just got to hear an hour of free entertainment from her. So go watch a distilled 13-minute version and then go do her Patreon and support. But uh, you'll hopefully come on again and again on my show. So thank you so much for doing that. And by the way, I still I think I we got to eventually when we're bigger, we got to do a pilot for a a real quick show of following all these social media the social media story behind these stories of like we can put together the what's going on in the New York Housewives just that week in social media, it would be a fascinating show, you know? I would love it. I would love it. Uh, But Sasha, thank you so much. Uh, Ryan, you are the best. Seriously. Uh, I really, thank you so much for having me on. I really, I love it so much. You're so fun to talk to. Yeah, uh, likewise. So it's a mutual fan club. Uh, You guys know where to go at this point. So we will talk to you next time, Sasha. Betches.